Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Good morning, and we're very glad that you've joined us today. We have another show in our Grief and Loss series, and Susie Reese is here with me today. And right before we started this program, we were talking about how grief and loss has so many faces, and we didn't know about the pandemic, and yet our timing seems to be perfectly timed with being able to talk about a lot of things that people are not able to discuss with others or perhaps don't want to. But I think you and I find, Susie, I'll speak just for myself, I find that by talking about things, it makes them less mysterious and less fearful and less uncertain. How about you? I agree. And I think, too, that you find opportunities to connect with others through those conversations that you wouldn't have if you if you didn't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So. Well, if we keep our mouths shut on everything, we're further isolating ourselves. And I think that's a concern we have right now that many have adjusted um to being either at home or away from work or but there's so much loss coming all at once. And so whether you're in the healthcare industry where you have vicarious trauma all the time that's accumulating or watching it and feeling uncertain. And that's the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Lost during uncertainty. When so much is not there to stand on, you know, where do you find your foundation? And people find it in different places and in different ways. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, and I think, too, that I've seen that phrase a lot of different places over the past few weeks. And I think the difficulty is that we know that things will, at some point in time, return back to a new normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have this feeling that just when I get used to this situation, <laughs> that's when it's going to happen. And I will be, again, thrust into another sense of uncertain time because I, I don't know that we can really predict exactly what that's going to look like. And I know that because of some of the losses that people have experienced, there there are probably a, a lot of people that are in that s- a similar situation of, you know, I may have to go to a new job or I may, you know, all of these things. What is that going to look like? And it makes it very difficult. I agree with you. And I think it's very interesting um, about, I want to say a year and a half ago, um, on our other our sister program, Dynamic Women Talk Radio, we had an entire show on the topic of uncertainty and I think those of us who've had lives that have been riddled with surprises, shall we say, um, surprises, which is not something I'm terribly fond of, but have learned to adapt to and um, roll on, is is that really nothing in life is certain. And one of the things that I hope we learn out of this is that don't waste any moments that you have and and use them to the max because uncertainty can take away our our love for each other, our humanity, our kindness, our compassion. We can become very self-involved. And on the other hand, it can cause us in different people 
to rely on others, rely on faith, rely on coping mechanisms that they've developed through the years. You and I talk a lot about resilience and those kinds of things and everybody reacts differently and there's we don't we don't know everybody's input. I think that's one of the hardest things right now is that input is so important. If you surround yourself with um I don't want to say optimism because this is a serious situation, but if you take a look and try and find a silver lining or take a pause and breathe is a very different response than I feel overwhelmed, I'm so sad, and I don't know where to put it. And so I, I hope we can talk about some of those things today because I think everyone deals with things differently and there is no right or wrong way, but input just as all these models we're seeing um, are being adjusted, we have to constantly adjust our input and how we respond to things. Do you think that's true? I do. I agree. I, and I think that that's what resilience is, though. And I think that a lot of times that when I've presented on resilience, we, we know that phrase, we know that term, but we don't necessarily understand what that really means. Mm-hmm. And I've had a conversation recently where we were talking about practical things and we kind of laughed and we're like, these are the common sense things that no one really believes in. Right. Right. Because we all know that the best way to lose weight is to watch what we eat and exercise, but nobody wants to do that. We want that quick fix. We want that, that thing that's going to be, you know, I just take a pill and then all of my worries are gone. But in that, in that, that concept of input and the concept of uncertainty, I think that's sometimes difficult because none of us have been in this situation. So we don't necessarily know what that is going to look like for ourselves, but we can fall back on those skills or those coping mechanisms that are familiar or um, comfortable for ourselves and use them in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've <laughs> seen on Facebook, um, there are all of these little photos going around right now where there's different um, math problems and it's like tennis shoes and workout bands. I've seen those, all- right. And so I made a joke and I was like, I'm sick of seeing all the math problems. Well, Later in the week, my daughter was doing her math and it was the exact same photo. Oh no. And I, I just stopped and I was like, what is going on? And then about a week later, I saw a, a teacher said, I'm, I'm so glad that you guys have enjoyed the last problem that I gave you. Here's another problem. This has really helped me because I, I really miss teaching my kids right now. Right. And I stopped and I was like, I never, I didn't put those pieces together until I saw that last piece. And I thought, first of all, I was like, well, you're the problem for that, <laughs> you know, but, um, I, I thought that that was, that's a wonderful way of still being able to use your skills and get something that is comfortable. Um, because I know for teachers, a lot of them are missing seeing their students. And I've had so many talking about that. So using the outlets that they do have in different ways. And I think too, again, looking at at input and uncertainty, um, we can use practical outlooks to help us. And, you know, we're, we're cautious to say optimism just because I I think that you are both Pollyanna. Right. And and we don't mean it that way. Right. But but it's a choice we make. Right. Um, Well, and I, I think too, that 
it's, it is Pollyanna, but it's also the, the reality is that sometimes that doesn't work, but sometimes the opposite doesn't work. You know, having a pessimistic attitude isn't the best way either. And in resilience, they talk about looking for the good things because too often we are trained, um, through instincts are trained. Yes. And so we have to untrain ourselves. And that's exactly what this entire situation is, is untraining ourselves to spiral into those negative thoughts and looking for that negative content that just feeds into those, those things that are already there. Um, you know, so though, I, I, think I that's have a good to say point. that I am, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. I am, I am relieved that I have lived through a lot of hard things in my life because along the way, I did find things that soothed, that helped me to break a spiral. And I'll give you one of the simplest ones. It's also making its way around Facebook, and I didn't even realize it, um, is pictures of, of tranquil places that you love. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, 100,000 years ago, I used to be able to travel down to the Caribbean, and I never, I always feel best on an island with that blue water and the waves and the wind and that your skin is the same temperature as the air. And I just found that so soothing and calming. And so when I'm working with my caregiver community, I posted things like uh, a, a beach, um, a mountain, a, a beautiful, uh, a garden. And, and of course a, a, a chocolate Labrador puppy, um, you know, just, just things that maybe will help you break out of um, where you are, because no matter how dire it is, if you look, and it's really hard sometimes, I'm not going to lie, um, but if you look, there are ways that you know that have made you feel better in the past, and that can get you through that very difficult point. I, I, I used to say, if you if you can't take it by an hour, take it by 15 minutes and break up your day. Well, and I think that over my years, personally, I know 10 years ago, I was very pessimistic and everything was the end of the world. And through time and experiencing those things, I slowly came to find those good things in the midst of chaos and, and, and you know, everything else that's awful, right? Yes. But I think that um in those moments it's hard. It is hard to cling to those thoughts and those those mm-hmm. this is this is temporary. So looking looking at it as how do I get past this now in that mm-hmm. fifteen minutes is so much more like Livable. It's, right. It's palatable. <laughs> you know, they say take the elephant uh, one bite at a time. What? Exactly. Um, and how can you break down your day into a, a few increments versus this is the next six weeks of our lives? Right. Because <laughs> that sounds so overwhelming. So, but it, but I think it, it, it does, it's, it's very interesting for people to learn this. And I, I think that people are, you know, grasping onto the fact that, wow, I do feel better when I go yank weeds <laughs> or I do feel better when, um, I can have a few minutes to myself because all this enclosed enforcement is is quite difficult. Um, and then, of course, I've always been a believer in sunshine and outdoors and just sitting, you know, in the sun with sunscreen, of course. Uh, 
Well, I say that because I'm the first generation that did not have sunscreen, <laughs> or the last generation, I should say, that did not have sunscreen. Um, but but they're just the simplest things in life, and I, I think we are learning to some extent that the most important things in life are not stuff. Mm. It's relationships and people and emotions and vulnerability. And sometimes we feel too vulnerable and a little bit overwhelmed. But that's what we'll talk about uh, after the break. We'll be coming back to talk about some specific things that are occurring right now that we are feeling and would like to help you work through too. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. In this day and age, eating at home has become more difficult. Harvard Medical School offers tips for healthy eating away from home to keep you on track with your healthy, low-calorie eating. When ordering at a restaurant, ask how the food is prepared as this will help you make appropriate choices. Look for less by choosing lean meats and lower calorie choices. Practice portion control, and if the portion is too big, don't be afraid to ask for a doggy bag instead of eating it all. Order an extra side of vegetables and fill up on those first. Do your research before you go to the restaurant. Most menus and nutritional information are online, and you can check before you go. They say that by following these simple tips, you can make your dining experience as healthy as it is enjoyable. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. You know, we left off on the note of that stuff is less important and I have not seen as much in the way of my neighbors putting things out. They've obviously been cleaning out closets and basements and, and putting stuff out, which is someone else's treasure because it's all disappearing. <laughs> so it must be good. Um, so stuff is not helping us. I think those who hoarded toilet paper are finding out that that really didn't shield you from a whole lot. Um, I'm not making fun of people. I think some of these things are born of fear. And so you, or maybe you have a need for great toilet paper. I don't know. Well, don't, don't tell me. But someone you know said, you know, that's a, actually not a terrible expense because you know you're going to use right. it. So at least true, that, but I don't have the storage space for it. For tons of it. No. And I think you're right. I think it, it's definitely fear based. And I think that that's what I've seen so much especially in the very beginning on social media was just these cycles of fear and feeding into it. And then everyone's like, how did that even, right. How did that even get started? So, but I liked what you said about, you know, the, the relationships are more important and I've seen Mm -hmm. so much more of that and people focusing or trying to focus on this may be a time to pause and reevaluate, you know, we're all kind of stuck in this together, um, in, in a sense, right? Yes. Um, well, you mentioned this is, you thought you'd been through everything, but none right. of us have been through that. But there is <laughs> no. an upside to that. We, none of us have been through it. So we can rely on one another because we're all in the same, 
Not the same boat. I saw something right. this morning that, you know, you probably saw the same I've thing. I've seen it, yes. Okay. It's not the same <laughs> boat because your boat is how you perceive it. Right. Um, however, we are all experiencing this for the first time. And it, it, I'm almost at a loss for words because relationships, I'm seeing so many more families walk together. I'm seeing time spent together. Um, little ones being paid attention to. Right. It's just adorable. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, that's a plus that, that sometimes we don't get that time. On the other hand, I know families who are crushed in tight quarters mm-hmm. under negative circumstances. And for them, it's an entirely different scenario. And it, it can be frightening. And we need to acknowledge both of those because, right. and there's everything in the middle too. So what do you think about relationships when it's not a good thing? Um, I and, think that how can we help them? Well, and I think that the, the difficulty in that is there are so many different perspectives and situations and, you know, we can sit here and start digging into them, but we don't have enough time to ever get to no. the root cause of every situation. Right. And, and I know, you know, I've been in similar s- situations that were unsafe or, you know, whatever. And as a child, you have zero control over what's happening around you. But I think too, that what I I've seen things where people are trying to be more aware and they are trying to advocate for things like domestic violence or abuse situations. Yes. I saw where some educators were saying, you know, and we know that this is difficult for you because we know that, you know, of of students and children that are in unsafe situations. Right. right? Mm -hmm. But you know, you're doing video calls, you're having conversations with them. This is a time to change the way that we're looking at it and be aware of those signs and symptoms or, you know, what signs of abuse. Um, I saw another post where it said that of all of the calls made to like child protective services, educators tend to be the largest, um, number of, of individuals who actually make those reports. And that's, terrifying and it's sad and it's heartbreaking but at the same time maybe they can catch things that they wouldn't have caught before because of this situation and if you're a woman who's in a situation that's unhealthy maybe being in in it to where you have no outside opportunities maybe that will help your perspective because that feeling of being trapped is an everyday sense Mm -hmm. but then really seeing what this is like on a closer basis I don't know I think that there's so many complications and so many layers because you know oftentimes women um who or any partner it doesn't just have to be women any partner who's in an uh, abusive situation they have been uh, essentially groomed until oh, it's Stockholm syndrome. Right. And and there's there's no feeling of anything other. You have no that's absolute fantasy. There is no freedom. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people posting things. Um I saw one post yesterday and it said, if you're in an unsafe situation, you can message me and ask me about my handmade soaps. They're like, I don't have any handmade soaps. Um if you need out now, then send this. And I thought People are trying and they people are. are reaching out. And that's, those are the kinds of things that I think that we need to try to look at that even though these are horrible situations for many people, maybe we can do something now. And maybe because people are looking after this is over, 
they will still be aware because that's one of the hardest things in these these types of fields is raising awareness of problems and getting people on board with oh, they're trying front and to make center a right now right yes they really are and i think that um one thing has surprised me is many of the governors mine did not do this um but many of the governors have been enforcing staying inside and Science, back to the first pandemic in 1917-18, talked about the difference with outdoor hospitals and the recovery rates because it disperses uh, germs faster. It's wind and sunshine and, and those sorts of things. And the mental health of being able to physically walk um, and just to be outside is really important. It's it, There's science behind it. It's not right. just you'll feel better getting out of the house, <laughs> but there's science behind it, and it makes perfectly good sense. You know, sunshine is still the greatest disinfectant, both metaphorically and literally. Right. And so it's been interesting to me that in some cases, you know, people are getting into trouble and even arrested for being alone um, outdoors, and uh, we are lucky to have... Um, a state where no, 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 physical health being outdoors is part of mental health. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting what people will learn. Um, and if you cannot get outside, you know, I, I have a house that has two sets of stairs, so I go <laughs> up and down my stairs. <laughs> but exercise and, and being outdoors and feeling like you have some choice. I think that's right. the other problem is when you don't feel like you have choices, you feel even more trapped. Right. Well, it, it's so funny because I think back to there's so many it, situations I've been in working with teenagers and they don't like being told what to do, right? Well, do um, any of us really? Right. And then I thought about it. I was like, that's we're all acting a lot of us are acting like teenagers right uh-huh. now because we're rebelling. We're letting you know that we aren't going to <laughs> follow your rules. Right. Um, and I think too, that, you know, the conversation around what some governors are doing, what, what others are doing, you know, no person is an expert in everything. No. And I think that that's the difficulty. And when you bring different um, values and opinions to different roles, you get different, um, you know, output. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I, I think, and right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's the, the other issue is, you know, some of them are facing different problems. Some of them yes. are facing crime. Um, and so how do we deal with crime? Well, let's do this to, to counter this, this problem. And it's so easy. I see so many people making these assumptions all the time and saying, well, why are they doing this? You should do this. And I'm thinking, I don't know what I would do in that role. I wouldn't, I, I don't know I enough make, about some of these right, topics to even I respond. would make so many choices that people would just condemn me for. And I, I think that it's so easy to do that when we're not in those positions mm-hmm. and assume that we know best when we really don't know even a fraction of what they're dealing with. But, you know, again, coming back to being out, outside is healthy. That's something that we have not necessarily had science to back us, but we've known for centuries. Well, there's science in that. Well, a, at the time. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, during that pandemic, there was actually guidance that because the recovery rates were so high that this should be used for future pandemics, right? which then stands to reason that the hospital in the middle of Central Park 
probably is a good place to be. Right. Well, you know, in the 1500s, they had a huge um, surge in suicides and they documented a lot of the things that were happening, whether it was the actual losses, but also what they were recommending. And they were like, God's side. They didn't know why, (laughs) but they were still saying those same things. And they knew that those things even then made a difference. And I think coming back to that whole what's common sense, again, sometimes it's not as common as we wish it were. Isn't that the truth? It's, it's uncommon. But right. it, it does make sense that um, we can still follow the rules. I love your comment that we're acting like teenagers because I hadn't thought of it that way. But that is exactly what it is, having well, two teenagers. Um, it's making and being I, – I actually at one point was a teenager um, – Interesting. (laughs) Well, I think too, you know, our, our culture in the United States is one of the youngest across Mm -hmm. the world. And so I've often thought of us as being teenagers just in the scheme of of history when it comes to societies. And then you look at how we are reacting to the situation versus how others are reacting. And I was like, wow, we really are. rebelling and some of us not so much but you know it's it's just very different across the board um over here than it is in other countries and so interesting obviously you know not just interesting but it's interesting to watch it's fascinating that reaction it it is i agree with you it's completely fascinating and yet i think there was very good compliance in the very beginning i think the problem comes when um, there's so many changing parameters because we are on unknown charted, uncharted waters. And, and then it, there starts to be a, a confusion over what's, what's real, what you can do, what you can't do. But I think it's pointed out some things that we will improve upon. And one of those is going to be, you know, different lifestyles with work, mm. different ways to educate. Um, suddenly homeschooling is is my daughter already homeschooled? So all she did was add the preschool child to her homeschooling regimen, and so she was not affected the way so many have been. But it, there are many ways to do things, and I think right. in some ways that's a that's a plus. We learn new ways to do things. We new, learn new ways to communicate, um, and we find out how woefully inadequate we are at <laughs> some things. Well, and I, I don't know about where you are, but, um, I, I moved, moved recently, but I was in an area where we were, um, heavily a retirement community. Mm. And in that area and in the work that I'd done in that community, I found that a lot of people were terrified of technology. Mm -hmm. And so I see this as an opportunity to open a lot of eyes in the benefits of it, because a hundred years ago, we didn't have the ability to stay connected like we do now. And again, I think that that is one thing that we should be very grateful for because mm-hmm. I can call and talk to people or I can do FaceTime or I can, you know, stay in touch through different social media platforms, mm-hmm. whereas you didn't have that as an option before. Um, so looking, looking at it like that, it, it's helped me in a lot of ways because I don't feel so completely closed off. Right. Um, and, and I and I think we've talked about this before. Some some families are feeling cooped up, and then some people are by themselves the whole time. Right, and that's a different experience. We have to take a quick break. Susie and I will come back very shortly, talking further about family role changes during a pandemic. Bye for now. 
We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hog-a-ma-dog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Weightlifting builds bone and strengthens muscles. Using proper form is extremely important to get the best results, but also to prevent injury. A common injury when lifting weights improperly is shoulder impingement. This condition is closely related to rotator cuff tendonitis and shoulder bursitis. The rotator cuff muscles encase the shoulder joint, and when injured, they swell. Typical symptoms of impingement syndrome include difficulty reaching up behind the back, pain with overhead use of the arm, and weakness of shoulder muscles. If you are experiencing any of these symptoms, get checked out by a doctor. Most importantly, take time to lift weights properly. Get good instruction and make sure you're not lifting weight that is too heavy. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. Welcome back. You know, in talking about coping mechanisms and things like that, you know, there are some good coping mechanisms and then there are those that are less healthy. And in that, talking more about, uh, I, I knew someone who said, you know, I'm going to go get enough weed so I can smoke for two weeks straight. Uh, or I, I, we have so much alcohol in here, we're going to have a great party. And that's fine if you're one of those people that can manage that without excess or without other behavioral aspects of it. But a lot of people are struggling with addiction on a normal basis. And then you put them inside, uh, enforced. You take away their jobs because the job loss or furloughs have taken place in a massive way across the country. And you end up with so much loss, uh, a way to express grief, um, or in the beginning, there seemed to be almost a frivolity of, you know, this is spring break kind of thing before the seriousness of the situation set in. But bottom line, addictions have come to the light here, and I'm sure some people have said, ooh, I, I, I'm not liking how I really, really want that glass of wine or, you know, something else, and others are in partaking far more what do you think well i think that everyone has 
a different, I mean, to me, mental health and substance use and misuse are, you know, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've done work in both, but I think that the thing is that we don't realize that it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And for some people that is a very poor coping mechanism. For some people it's a dependence issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some, it's just, uh, something that they use to, you know, many people just use yeah. it occasionally and don't have issues with mm-hmm. it. But um, I think that that's one of the things that we often overlook in, especially in just normal everyday situations. Mm -hmm. I know so many people who drink regularly every day and they have, you know, a 12 pack or whatever it is, that's probably not healthy, you know, to do those kinds of things. Um, And if they were not to have that, what would happen? Right. Um, And you go into withdrawals and everything else. So, you know, when these types of losses hit people, it's unrealistic for us to think that everyone is going to handle them very well and that they're just going to look for the positive and get through it. That's not. No, that's too simplistic. Right. Well, you know, I, I think I was saying to you on the on the break. Um, I don't think they've done a really good job of explaining why the liquor stores and dispensaries are open, right. and it's because of being able to um, not have people go into withdrawal at a time when the medical staff is needing to focus on other things and traffic and and driving and and all of that as well. And you don't want people crossing state lines um, seeking something that they need at home. And once that explanation was given, it made a lot of sense. But up to that point, I'm thinking, okay, um, the alcohol companies are now making hand sanitizer. Is that right. the reason? I mean, no, seriously. <laughs> no, well, we, we were bombarded. Well. <laughs> I know, but we were bombarded with information early on. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, and I, I had a meme that I thought was funny. It had Al Bundy sitting on it and it said um, something to the effect of when liquor stores are essential and educators or teachers aren't. Right. And it was just a funny thing that I posted. And, of course, people are like, but, but. And I said, I completely understand. Believe me. And the, and the thing, too, is especially if you look at medical marijuana, we're not just talking about dependence. No. We're talking about people that have pain or other types of physical health issues. Um, and they need that. So, you know, I think that when you're not impacted by those things and you don't have them in your everyday, it's so easy to be like, well, why is that important? That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? But again, we have to step outside of our own perspective and think, Mm -hmm. well, is there more to it than that? And unfortunately we have one of our highest epidemic rates when it comes to, you know, opioid abuse and everything else right now. So making sure that we're taking care of that population of people is very important because Oftentimes they may be self-medicating and then criminal behavior happens and you have all of these like domino effect of things that happen when they aren't being cared for in whatever way that is. And of course we know that's not the ideal situation is here, have some alcohol to fix that. Um, but it's better than the alternative of let's that's just take that. Point. Exactly. And I think that once again, if you're given good information um, and you absorb it. I do know many people who were taking in information and then becoming completely overwhelmed and then stopping receiving information and creating a gap of understanding. Um, But, you know, it's not uncommon that if you're bombarded with relentless information that's negative and scary and fear-inducing and just the tone that it was given and the 
Well, you, we all know what we're talking about. Right. It was very, very difficult, and you can see why you'd step away from it. And yet, knowledge is so empowering if you're able to, you know, sift through uh, a lot of the emotion. And that's true of most communication. If right. you can sift through without the emotion and and you know, be able to take and look and research on your own and make decisions. But I think a lot of people are reliant on others to tell them. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping what comes out of this is because there's been such misinformation spread and it's been confusing. I'll give you an example. I put up a uh, regular post on Facebook on my veteran caregiver community page that talked about the importance of getting outdoors this week, you know, yank a weed, um, you know, take a walk, sit in the sun, you know, those kinds of things. And Facebook blocked it, mm. blocked it, um, said it was against, it was against, uh, you know, community principles or whatever it was. And I'm pretty certain they blocked it because I used the word stress. Mm. In there, you know, you know, if you if you're feeling some stress, try some of these things. Right. And um, I asked for a review, and it still got turned down. So we are being guided towards certain things. But I, I'm like most people; I would like to choose what I'm going to do. I don't want to be told what I have can read or be censored. Well, I have a problem I, with that. I have a problem with that, and I think part of, especially for that particular platform to me is it's not necessarily being looked at by a human being. <laughs> so, you know, they right. put these filters in and right. you've got an automatic system that just kicks you out because there are so many of us using that platform. There's no way they can field every single request with a real human. And I've had that issue with that platform. It happens all the time. To suicide. Uh, yes. Content, yes. And particularly for, um, even something so simple as uh, I did a show on um, pain without uh, treating pain without narcotics, mm. and it it um, depicted someone you know obviously with a sore knee, and it was refused because it might make someone upset. Well, I think people are pretty upset right now, <laughs> anyway. So if you can find some ways to give coping and help, I think it's a good thing. Right. I, I'm glad that the helplines are open. I'm, I'm glad that we do know that addictions um, certainly occur and they need help and we need to help them as much as we can. And I think that family roles change too during mm. something like this. So I, I see you posting the most amazing dinners, which I only <laughs> see after I mine because of our time change difference. Um, well, no, I'm I'm quite envious, frankly. Um, but it's it's very interesting. So people are using different ways of finding creative outlets, and yours is great. Mine's in the garden. I I'm, I'm going to be able to eat it eventually. I need to stop eating. It's the problem. Yet. But, well, you know, I think, I think too, part of family roles shifting, it may not be that they've shifted necessarily as, as much in every situation as we, we may think, but also we have an opportunity to see behind that veil a little bit mm-hmm. because I know that I've not been known for that. Now I will say I was frustrated because every time I would get on Facebook, I would see food and I thought they're just trying. <laughs> they're That's how I me. felt. <laughs> Well, I have a friend who posts desserts, and I'm like, oh, I have to scroll past right. next. 
So I, I posted a couple and then a girl that I went to high school with started posting. And then of course, now we have this back and forth and we're calling it quarantine food wars, but I know. I, I, <laughs> it's so awful. And I, I'm like, you're, I, we, we privately message and we're like, at what point are we going to say we can't do this anymore? <laughs> so, um, but it's been good for me because it is something that I do love to do, but I've done this before. I've always cooked. Just I haven't had the time or even really the desire to post it. It's not my normal type of content, but I think it's fine during this time to do that. And I've seen so many others doing that, sharing their skills that they may have already had or even hadn't done in a while. So I love the opportunity to kind of see, I guess the only way I can look at it is like the humanity behind the person that's been on the screen for so long. Um, You're you're absolutely right. And some people cook. Um, I went through a series of making face masks for the hospital systems here. Um, Other people have been showing knitting and all kinds of creative hobbies and things. Music, music is a huge one and very soothing as well. Because you can pick and choose things that you, you know, feel. It's, it's a great emotional unifier in terms of the expression. So mm-hmm. I think that we are finding new ways of coping with, with sharing those things, which I, I think is really a warm, wonderful thing that we're, we're finding out of this. Again, not stuff, but, but connection and mm-hmm. engagement with one another. Well, and I have, um, someone that's on my, my, one of my accounts and he's a tattoo artist. And of course he can't do anything right now, uh, professionally. And so the other day he posted some artwork that he, cause he's an artist, right? Um, so he drew some pictures and was trying to find a way to kind of supplement his, his income right now since he's not working. And I thought, how do you take something like that and decide, okay, I'm going to do this. This is similar to what I do, but it's not what I'm, I'm used to doing. And I think we are shifting in our roles and how we're right. trying to adapt. And I, I love seeing people like that who are stepping outside and doing something and trying to power through because I think so many of us are in that same situation of how am I going to adapt to this? Um, and it's encouraging to see others who can do that and then give ideas and you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people sharing um, thoughts or inspiration. That's been very helpful, too. Oh, I absolutely agree. We have one more break to go on. And I think what we want to make sure we end with is is encouragement that we will get through this. We are going to be together. And in the last segment, we will talk about certainty is not assumed. And so let's work with what we've got. So we'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's words you never heard. Do you ever get nervous riding in an elevator because you're afraid the cable might snap? It's entered my mind more than once. According to Elevator World magazine, on the rare occasion a cable breaks, the car won't hunge plunge to the bottom. This is because elevators have as many as 10 cables holding them up, each capable of supporting a fully loaded car. Sometimes I feel a little mischievous in elevators. 
Next time you're feeling like a rapscallion, try one of these little jokes. When there's only one other person in the elevator, tap them on the shoulder and then pretend it wasn't you. Push one of the buttons and pretend it gave you a shock. Or maybe start a sing-along. What's a word for a person who thinks he's funny but no one else does? Vitzel soup. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. The word perfume comes from the Latin perfumum, which means through smoke. Eau de Cologne comes from the name of a town in Germany where this type of perfume originated. The French say the only reason to wear perfume is to attract the opposite sex. Oh, and never ask a French woman what scent she wears, as they prefer to keep it hugger-mugger or secret. Perfumes are generally made from bits and bats of different materials that have unique scents. You know, if women are trying to attract men, why do we wear perfume that smells like flowers? I think we'd get more guys if we smelled like bacon. The best advice for applying perfume is just a dabble do. What's a word for a trifling amount? Hitherx sans kitterax. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back. I think one of the things that I find so interesting is that when we started to deal with this uncertainty that none of us had been through before, it was partially a a gleeful pause almost. Okay, it's far, far away and uh, we get a break and okay, this is a change. It's almost like a snow day. And then you saw a lot of kids out of college and suddenly it was spring break again. And then I saw a calm and an acceptance of people going, right, I have to go to online school. I have to do my job remotely if you're able to do that. Um, and I, I see people shifting into this new routine. And, and I have to say it went more gracefully than I thought it was going to go when I watched the spring break part of things. And it's going to change again. And I think we have not talked a lot about it in this group, but certainly the the job loss and our identities are so tied up into a routine that I think we will adapt because we know what that looked like. I have such a problem with the word normal because to me that's a setting on a dryer. And so I, I tend to use the word, you know, the a, a new routine um, or something like that because we – we can be resilient, which means we bounce back to where we were. I would like to think we have post-traumatic growth mm. and actually learn from these situations how to prioritize our lives, know that we nothing in life is certain, and we're not promised tomorrow. And so no neat boxes, um, no presumptions, and, and really take advantage of everything we have today with gratitude and compassion. Again, no Pollyanna stuff, but just realizing that life is very precious. Well, and I think that routines and everything shifting, and you know, it's difficult because some of us may be thinking, 
well, it's going to go back to the way it was before. But I have a feeling that that's not necessarily going to be the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's the difficulty is we've we've just gotten a little bit used to what's going on and we're kind of calming down as teenagers. We're, exactly. we're thinking we, we've, <laughs> we, we understand the rules a little bit. We know that they're there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right when we really settle, that shift is going to happen again and it's going to kind of be another upheaval for so many people. So I think it's important for people to start looking forward and thinking, well, you know, can I have conversations with old employers or, you know, how do I kind of start looking at creating these plans and goals and things so that mm-hmm. when it does begin to shift back that I can get into a new, new, new routine again. <laughs> Good uh, girl. Right? And I think that um, I know for me personally, and I've had multiple conversations with people, especially in speaking, my world is very, it, it shifts quite a bit, Constantly. but right. I will say I've slept in a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been really nice. And I keep telling myself, this isn't forever. You need to just do it while you can, but you need to realize that this has to stop at a certain point too. Um, but also the time spent with my children. That's been wonderful. And I have really enjoyed the opportunities. Um, I've also realized that homeschooling is not for me. <laughs> so, Understood. Um, I you're going to see people change their priorities. I hope so. I really I, do. I hope so too. I'm, I'm going to go on the presumption that some people will and some people will not right. because to some people change just is abhorrent and they don't want any part of it. But on the other hand, if you go through things and you see what you like about what you are doing now versus what you were doing before, maybe it's possible to make a hybrid situation, as you say, as you look forward to going and doing what you wish to do. Because I I think it's a John Maxwell-ism, but many people accept their lives, not live their lives. If ever Mm. we've been given a wake-up call to live our lives, it's now. Right. And so I am, I'm hopeful that, um, again, people take a look at the things they like in their lives, the things that they could shift, um, flex a little bit and see where they can go. Cause I believe that we're going to have more opportunity to draw our own work futures going forward. I I don't think it's going to be put into strict little boxes except with certain jobs and that will remain the same. And and so if you're lucky enough to be in a situation where you can perhaps guide yourself to something new and better for you personally, go for it. Life is too precious to do things you really, really hate. On the other hand, there my mother used to say when I would comment about something she said honey that's why they call it work <laughs> she was right <laughs> she so was if you right. like to eat and have a roof work is going to be necessary but we may have to think of new ways to do things and i've seen a number of people shift into small business practices mm-hmm. you know etsy shops and and things that they can do on their own that is is less uh capital intensive and they can go do on their own And they feel fulfilled doing it. And so we're not all that fortunate, but it would be nice. Right. 
Well, and I think as entrepreneurs, we have a different outlook when it comes to work too, because for me, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. I don't, there are times like right now where it's very difficult financially or whatever it is, but you, yeah. you push through and you work very hard and in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that you're right. And I think that we'll see shifts and I don't think that it's just going to be in, in that realm. I think that for me, in the work that I've done, one of the reasons I've done well is because I go into a room and oftentimes there are others who have suffered similar situations mm-hmm. and it's not the same, just like this isn't the same, but right. we have a common language and a common feeling and a common experience. And mm-hmm. we are all sharing one right now. Oh, and yeah. if you think about it, for me, that can be very beautiful because you come out of it and how do we stay more connected? How do we use this to build better relationships? Because so many people aren't able to be around one another right now. And I've seen people that are like, I can't wait to throw a party. I can't wait to go out. I can't wait to do this. <laughs> and of course, our introverts aren't necessarily going to feel that in that same way, but mm-hmm. they ha- they still have those individuals that they're connected to mm-hmm. emotionally. So I think that moving forward, it, it doesn't just necessarily have to apply to the professional realm, but our personal realm as well. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to communicate through this, what we've experienced? Because, you know, just like with other crisis situations, it's so important for all of us to learn from this and in whatever way, but also to move through it. Like we would therapy, right? Yes. Um, coming back to it and looking at how it impacted us and how we handled it. Is that the way I should have done that? Should I, is there a way for me to do better? How do I, you know, apply this in other areas of my life? Because it's a situation that we've experienced. Um, how are we going to use that as a tool to move forward and be more productive in all of those different ways? Well, I love what you just said in terms of, um, giving people sort of a, a a guideline i what have i learned yeah. what have i learned because if you don't take the time to learn from an experience it will have passed you by and you will have missed an opportunity um, to either make changes or to applaud yourself for okay i i did pretty well i think one of the things that we aren't seeing a lot of is congratulating ourselves for the small wins mm. and every win is marvelous, whether it means you, you know, ate three meals, not five, um, whether you, you know, made it through the homeschooling algebra case, or in the case of my cousin, three levels of chemistry, you know, within the house. And no, I'm serious. These That's are real terrible. things. And so, you know, the small wins matter. And that's a marvelous thing because if we don't focus on you know, the small wins, it's far too easy to tumble into the negative stuff. Right. And and yet I'm venturing that a good gratitude journal right now with five things happened good today, you'd find them. And it might be silly. It might be I, I walked one block today with the dog. Um, it but may those be, are some of the best ones, I think, too, I because think so you too. find you find that joy, and it come, to me, what you're saying comes back to that 15 minute increment. Yes. Instead of looking at, let's just take this all in at one time. How do we find these little things that are going to push us forward? And yes. maybe it's a, a a little joke here and there, or something else, or just knowing what day of the week. Oh my gosh, if it weren't for this radio program, I would not know what day of the week it is. I think we're all struggling with that right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's true. But isn't that the funniest thing? Because it is. I, and I, I think we can all, like, we can right. all laugh about that and find a joint piece of humor in that and then push through and think, okay, now what? Now what do I need to accomplish? Well, um, it used to be that Wednesdays were hump day. And now I, <laughs> I no don't hump. even think of a, my camel <laughs> emoticon isn't even being used because I don't remember that it's a Wednesday. We've plateaued, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. So it's, it's one of those things. So I, I think we will hope that we've talked to you today about, you know, input and uncertainty and taking a look and what have you learned and what can we focus on and prioritize because this is a tough time. We're not going to say it's not. It really is. But life is never a certainty. And if we can learn from this and pull something positive, I think we have done a pretty darn good job. I think so, too. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe it's really just the small things in life. But if not now, then when? So, Susie, thank you for being with us today. You can find out more about Susie at Susie Reese, R-E-E-C-E dot org and on Facebook and of course on our show program platform because I've been tardy in posting some of these and I will get them up because we hope that we've been able to help a little bit. Um, Susie, anything further on the setting priorities and no neat boxes or presumptions and just hope and encouragement? I think look look at what others are doing and also offer them some encouragement in what you're saying too um, because we never know who's getting that right now. Isn't that the truth? And, and we're missing some of our um, in-person groups, whether it's church or at the gym or whatever it may be. Uh, I don't know about you, but I get really excited when I go out to get the mail and a person walks away, <laughs> a human being. And I'm an introvert, so I should be used to this. But right. I, I literally write in my thing, I talked to so-and-so today in person, like a human. We had masks on, but it was exciting. So I... Uh, try and keep your sense of humor, find your music, find your coping, find your photographs that make you happy. And please have a very good week ahead. We will continue our series on grief and loss because we're going to prevail and make it through this. Thanks for listening today. And we will be back next week with another program for you. Take care. Make it a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.